Should you still buy a new Mazda in light of the ACCC's unconscionable conduct consumer law court case? That's next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where upside down new car buyers like us who have not already been killed, you know, weeded out of the gene pool by all the venomous snakes and spiders or gored by a water buffalo or stung to death by a sea wasp or swallowed whole like Jonah, only with no happy ending, by a great white shark or a saltwater croc, yes, save thousands off their next new cars. Straight up. Hit me up on the website for that. Got a lot of response to Friday's report on the ACCC's festive Mazda reaming legal preparations. Lots of emails from you CCing me to the Mazda PR dude. So that was nice. Some of my colleagues apparently think that this is a cheap stunt. But I know communicating to high-level executives directly is exactly how to ensure that we get much-needed consumer reform in the new car retailing sector. And that's the objective here. Boardroom dicks are notoriously insulated from the views of ordinary people. They don't know what you think, unless you tell them when the PR dude dumps a mountain of such communication on the big desk direct. It's like handing someone a flashlight in the bottom of a mine shaft. Yes. The baseline reform standard I'm aiming for here is consumer law compliance by car makers. That seems totally fair to me. When you front at a dealership with a serious problem with your car that you paid 20, 30, 40, 50, even 60,000 bucks for, let's face it, whatever it is, it's a lot of money for you. The minimum standard of customer service you should expect is compliance with Australian consumer law. Some car makers do better than this already. You know, Subaru, Hyundai, Kia, Lexus, they're pretty good. So it is absolutely possible for car makers to comply. But the main issue I got feedback on from Friday's report was this. Here are three examples. Hang on, didn't you recommend Mazda for decent service and specifically the BT50 a year ago in your 2019 Ute review? Hi John, I still remember Mazda was on your recommended car list for a while. Weren't you recommending Mazda over other brands? Or is it a case of, do you want to be shot once with a 22 or six times with a 357 Magnum? To those of you who are confused or uncertain about where I stand on this and about whether or not to buy a new Mazda now or in 2020, I'd say you've got to decide for yourself. But to me, it plays out like this. The engineering from Mazda typically is first rate. Mazda today is what Honda was in the 1990s. I've said that a lot and I stand by that. It's the BMW of the East, essentially. BMW would probably disagree strenuously here, whatever. 21st century Mazda is a real driver of mainstream automotive innovation. The ACCC's allegations, they point to a culture of poor customer service within the organisation here in Australia. And if true, that is absolutely a serious problem. This is yet to be determined by a court, obviously. And you might infer a line between smoke and fire here, but sometimes, 
Smoke's just smoke. We'll have to see how that plays out. I'd also suggest that car sales in Australia are very sick right now. There's been 18 months of continuous decline. This puts you in a very strong bargaining position with just about any brand. Only a few brands are on the up at the moment. Sales are generally down and the push to sell is quite relentless. Competition is so high in the industry given the sales volumes and the number of brands competing for those sales. And things are under even more pressure right now. Dealers are getting absolutely flogged to meet their targets and they're often failing to achieve them happily enough for our team. Mazda is reacting to the ACCC's court case now, balance of probability. It's inconceivable that in addition to making defensive bullshit public statements in respect of the pending court case, that a series of far more serious commercial meetings and confidential communications is not also taking place and flowing out of Mazda right now towards the dealer network. One of those meetings and those communications would be about making sure that the ACCC does not get any more cannon fodder whatsoever from customers who get stiffed, you know, this week, next week and into the future. Like, this is 101 business strategy. Let's not give the regulator any more ammunition at this vulnerable time. If you were Big Bindi the boss of Mazda Schittsville, do you think that you might send an urgent communique to all of your dealers directing them to be model citizens of customer compliance and complaint resolution henceforth? I think you probably would. You know, if I was him, I certainly would. And I'd like to thank my next door neighbour just outside the studio for jackhammering so relentlessly this weekend. He's reducing the whole mountain to rubble, which is quite impressive to watch, but I hope it's not ruining the audio too badly. If it is, say la vie. In short, because of the excellence of the engineering, the high-level regulatory scrutiny, and the perfect storm of depressed new car sales generally, compounded by what I'm sure is going to be a stampede of customers away from Mazda following the ACCC's high-profile press conference last week, I actually think it's a pretty solid time to buy a new Mazda. The product's always been pretty good, and recent events suggest to me that consumer law compliance is likely to improve dramatically from today, right? Join the dots. I know it's counterintuitive, or at least that's how it might seem to you, but I don't actually want to punish Mazda here. Mazda's commercial success or failure, that's a matter for them. I want to get a good deal for you in the context of both purchasing and owning any new car. And part of that is, I want to secure industry-wide customer service reform, and I'm not alone here. If a court finds Mazda guilty, then a penalty will be imposed, right? And the result's going to be better customer service, which is good for us. But I think compliance will improve from today, and the product remains excellent. So you should factor that into your decision-making strategy. The icing on the cake, of course, is that if you give it just a couple of weeks and there is a profound drop in inquiry across Mazda dealerships, the end of this month is going to be a real opportunity for you to secure an excellent deal on a new Mazda, 
provided you know how to be a car buying Jedi on the showroom floor. Let's balance this up now with a bit of devil's advocacy. I will never buy a Mazda again. I had a CX-7 and the engine just stopped working and Mazda wanted to charge me 10 grand for a new one. I pointed out the car was still within warranty but they refused to replace it because I had missed one service during the warranty period. In a modern day engine, one missed service should not result in an engine not working. I took it all the way to the managing director, but they would not replace it. Don't buy Mazda, they are crooks. That's one way to look at this, and I'll have a full report on issues such as this this coming week, because this comes up a great deal, and ignorance here, I think you'd agree, is certainly not bliss. Missed services are a huge risk. But the point I'll make now is that if you miss a service, that is textbook owner abuse, and the car maker really does not need to compensate you for your own negligence. I get that people are angry when there's a five-figure repair bill or something, but if you miss a service and your engine makes a somewhat loud complaint to its barrister, this is the game of Russian roulette that you've been playing. The hammer came down on a loaded chamber. Your brains, they're over there on the wall. Best not blame Smith & Wesson for this unfortunate outcome. That's just petulant, I'd suggest. Some owners have a proper tantrum when the car maker will not pick up tabs such as this, but in the great book of accountability at the concierge's desk in hell, if you miss a friggin' service and your engine blows up, you are entirely accountable for the problem and the cost of its rectification. That's just how this rolls. Your indignation might be very real indeed, but the justification for it, I'd suggest, is entirely fictitious. In my view, this is like blaming Jack Daniels for a hangover. (laughs) And as many as half of all car owner complaints that I receive, well, they kind of fall into this category. So it's not always car makers behaving badly. This really does make me stop and think about the relationship between prevention and cure. That's all I've got for you today. Thank you very much for watching. 